0: Good morning, and we'd like to welcome our audience to one of our bonus sessions this morning of the annual Eggs and Issues Breakfast. Uh, Certainly, it's my privilege to have with us today two of our uh, most recently uh, elected uh, uh, officials, uh, Senator Clint Dixon. Uh, from the 45th Senate District, representing portions of Gwinnett County, and Representative Will Wade of the 9th House District, representing portions of uh, Lumpkin, Dawson, and uh, Forsyth County. So we appreciate you both being with us today. We look forward to working with you uh, under the Gold Dome as you start your first legislative session. So we'll go ahead and jump right into the questions of this morning. Again, appreciate you both being here. Um, as small businessmen uh, yourselves, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, what knowledge you'll bring to your new roles as state legislators, and how your business experience will impact the decisions uh, in the policymaking
1: process. So, Clint, we'll start with you. Thank you very much for having me here today. I'm very excited to be a part of this. I've been in the real estate industry for 20 years. Uh, most of my career has been focused in uh, residential acquisitions for new home communities. Uh, I've also been the director of real estate for a petroleum company and for a new uh, new car dealership uh, as well. And then uh, for about a three-year period during the Great Recession, uh, I disposed of assets for FDIC, lost share banks. Uh, and during that time, you know, it, it did shape uh, you know, a lot of my conservative values in regards to uh, you know, government oversight and regulation. And what I found during that time was you know, because of those disposed assets or the, the foreclosed assets, uh, there was a lot of red tape and regulation and government oversight uh, in disposing of those assets, you know, even in regards with uh, you know, dealing with appraisals. And it really uh, handcuffed, uh, you know, real estate professionals like myself as far as, you know, when the first part of the recession, if y'all remember, uh, it, the market was tumbling at a, at a very rapid rate and there was no way they were, they were having appraisals done about a, every 180 days and there was no way to keep up with it. And it, it just, it made it impossible for the first 18 months to really dispose of, of very many assets. Uh, and the takeaway from that was that, you know, essentially the more government that's in your life... Uh, the more regulation, the red tape they create, uh, they create more harm than solutions that, that they would fix any kind of issues that you've got, and I feel that during that great recession as far as real estate, uh, that the market fell further and lasted quite a bit longer because of the red tape and regulations that were you know, created by the, the federal government during that time.
2: Will? Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, as a 22-year career banker, I can feel exactly what Clint's talking about. And, you know, we, we saw from a community banking standpoint customers that were willing to pay, willing to figure out ways to restructure, and appraisals were hampering us. And so that regulation also opened my eyes. Uh, you know, I spent tons and tons of time with small business owners trying to figure out a way to navigate that last recession. And now I'm spending a lot of time helping them navigate this current situation with the pandemic and obviously the, uh, the difficulties related to that. So I feel like I can take my experience um, looking at that perspective as a banker, trying to help people figure out how to solve problems in the near term as well as plan for long term as well. So I'm excited to take that experience in my role as a state representative to uh, really look at, at legislation closely to figure out what's, what's the unintended consequence uh, that we're not really thinking about from the recipient's uh, end. So I look forward to that.
0: Great. Thank you, Will. Um, And we appreciate um, the focus on policies that promote economic development and job creation as top of mind for both of you. Uh, But talk a little bit about, um, and Will, we'll start with you. Talk a little bit about some other issue areas that interest you um, and what uh, your experience may bring uh, some expertise to the table.
2: Certainly. So not only have I been a community banker for 22 years, but I served on a local board of education for 15. And Uh, I had the opportunity to make sure that we were helping that local school district, you know, achieve and and seek excellence at every opportunity. And that's in the classroom, uh, you know, as well as with the arts and, and, uh, you know, even sports. And I look at the education policy that we're seeing uh, at the state level, and and I know a lot of times it's well-meaning, but I also hope that while I'm down here that I can continue to make sure that we, we focus on the students and the families and the educators and not so much on the bureaucracies that unintendedly happen once, you know, rules and regulations are promulgated by agencies um, I, I want to figure out a way to try to narrow, you know, that situation and, and improve things. So I think that I'm, I'm uniquely qualified to be able to do that, and I'm ready to uh, face education. I'm also interested in insurance and banking regulation, so I've asked to be on those committees. Um, I know as a freshman I'll take what I can get, and I hope the speaker and his team will at least consider utilizing my experience of over two decades in both the banking and education world. I think I can make a difference in those areas especially.
0: Great. Right. Well, we hope that you'll, uh, you'll get what you asked for. You know, Certainly, uh, workforce pipeline issues and, yes. um, and education issues in general are something that the business community is keenly focused on um, each session, so we look forward to working with you in that regard.
2: Thank you. Uh, Clint?
1: Yeah, uh, so I uh, first time that I've, I've held public office, but I've also, I was appointed to the uh, Planning Commission in Gwinnett for nine years, uh, and then before that served on the Water and Sewer Authority. Uh, and, you know, one of the big issues in my district is traffic. Uh, you know, and, and personally, I was opposed to the the recent uh, transportation referendum in regards to the the heavy rail portion of it. I uh, just didn't see the value add on bringing it six miles into Gwinnett. Uh, but but traffic, you know, nevertheless is a huge issue uh, in my district and in Gwinnett and in, in all of Metro Atlanta. Uh, in my mind, and you know, I think that uh, limited access highways like the Sugarloaf Extension that's going through my district currently, uh, you know, getting truck traffic and folks you know off those minor collectors onto a major collector into the interstate I think that'll help a lot Uh, you know and then of course increased parking rides and then synchronized uh, uh, traffic lights will also uh, that will also help help traffic quite a bit. Right. Uh, well, thank
0: you for your focus on transportation. Um, obviously, that's another issue that the business community um, is very much plugged into uh, during the legislative process. As a matter of fact, we've been working closely with both the House and the Senate on the Joint Freight and Logistics Commission that just wrapped up their work. So we're looking forward to see what comes out of that process. So. Um, so what what, what committees um, do you hope to serve on, I think, given um, given uh, your interest in education yeah. um, and certainly in insurance? Any other committees that you want to mention?
2: Yeah, ironically, I actually, I actually asked to serve on the Transportation Committee. You know, I've, I've got the uh, arduous task of filling in, I believe, who was probably one of the biggest workhorses that the State House has seen, and former Representative Kevin Tanner. Um I may wear a size 13, but I don't know that I can fit in his shoes, so I've got to figure out a way to make sure that I can impact our district, and there's a lot of folks that care about transportation, even in rural Georgia, because, you know, we're a lifeblood for, you know, the service district in that next stage of the logistics pipeline, and I want to make sure that they've got a voice not only from those that are directly impacted with volume, but also those that are in the rural Georgia, and I think I can do that on transportation, and I went in and swung for the uh, fences, and I asked for ways and means, so I don't know that a... That'll happen either, but uh, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, That's right. That's but I look forward to serving in whatever capacity. All great
1: committees, and best of luck to you. Clint, what other committees? Yeah, so transportation also, uh, you know, was, was my number one choice. Uh, swung for the fences with regulated industries myself, uh, you know, and, and just dealing with my business background, uh, you know, and then also. Uh, uh, economic development and tourism was another one that I uh, was very interested in. And then uh, uh, state and local government, just with my background at the Planning Commission at the local level, uh, you know, would love to serve on that committee as well. Uh, so
0: the, both of your districts are similar in some ways and very different in other ways. Uh, will, you know, you've obviously represent some more rural communities right. than, than the majority suburban district that you represent in Gwinnett County. Um, can you both take, and we'll start with you, Clint, can we both take a little bit of time, um, and talk about what you're hearing from your constituents and how that will shape your first term in office?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, Ended up starting my campaign, you know, in the middle of uh, 2019. So, uh, the concerns, you know, of course, with COVID and the pandemic and, and our economic issues in certain sectors, uh, the the focus on what my constituents uh, were most concerned about changed quite a bit going through the election process. But I would say, you know, number one on their hearts and minds is is getting through COVID, you know, with the healthcare side of it, uh, you know, their fears, wanting to know. Uh, you know, as far as the vaccine rollout, uh, you know, that's a lot of the calls I get, get you know, here recently. Uh, but then also uh, dealing with the, the businesses, the small businesses that have been affected most by the pandemic and the service industry and the restaurant industry, which I can empathize with them. I've been very fortunate in real estate where uh, the sector of real estate I'm in is, is doing extremely well right now, but uh, I can empathize with them, you know, the, the, the stresses and the struggles I faced. During the Great Recession, so I want to to step up and help those folks, and again cut red tape and regulation and and taxes if we can for those businesses that have been most you know affected by the by the pandemic. And then traffic, uh, you know, I'll echo that again. That's a, a big concern for folks in my district. Uh, it, you know, the transportation referendum it failed you know by a narrow margin uh, countywide, but it was pretty heftily opposed in my district. So definitely want to address uh, like a, again the the sugarloaf extension, having those. Um, limited access highways, and then also, uh, which is not my district, on the southern end of the county, uh, which is Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, and it was originally slated to go all the way to 85 with a with a flyover connecting in, and it was stopped uh, at Pleasant Hill because of cost. There would be about five miles that we'd have to bridge over wetlands, um, and I think we need to bring projects like that back up, you know, and, and see if we can get some things like that moving forward as well to help folks in Gwinnett. Great.
2: Well, you, you know, I've got a uniquely... Um, I guess, different perspective as it relates to what Clint talked about. Because in rural Georgia, you know, a lot of times we're not facing, you know, the gridlock of traffic. We're not facing, um, you know, scores and scores of big trucks. We do get a few occasional chicken trucks that are doing what we do in the poultry industry in my area. But one of the things that I'm hearing a lot about is consistency across the board, whether it's urban or rural. And the election, I think, stands out as that as it relates to how we have to present ourselves to vote in person versus how we vote with absentee ballots and making sure that that process, you know, if I'm required to give you my ID when I go vote in person, I'm hearing a lot from my constituents that they don't have a problem with absentee ballots. They just want to make sure that people have to do the same thing and that we bring consistency to our election laws. So that's been a huge part of what I've been fielding calls, as well as looking at lowering taxes. Um, That's another, I guess, stressor that we've seen with the pandemic, with people trying to figure out how can I refit my business or my home-based business to meet the requirements of cleaning and, you know, masks for my employees. I mean, we've got a lot of really interesting companies and small businesses in my district where a reduction in taxes would never even touch the new costs that they're facing with covid but I think it would go a long way to show that we understand that they're feeling the pain. And for me, I'm just a lower tax person. I would love to see us figure out a plan to have no income taxes in this state. I know that's a big ask, but I think we need to make sure that we understand that a lot of companies are, are you know, S-Corps, and that's passing through to their personal income, and they're paying a lot of taxes. And I'm thankful that the legislature did start the process of lowering income taxes in the state, and I hope I can be a part of that discussion moving forward. Great.
0: Um, so in the final minutes that we have today, sure. I thought uh, we, we'd throw a fun one out there and, and ask you both, what's the, what's the one thing or the, the couple of things that you're most looking forward to as you start your first term in office and hopefully a lengthy tenure in the legislature?
1: Go ahead, Clint. Okay, yeah, uh, golly, there's several things I'm excited about, excited to be here to serve uh, Gwinnett and Georgia. Uh, Going to get in there and fight to protect. I feel that, that our conservative values have played a big part in what's made Gwinnett County what it is today. And I want to protect those values uh, in the Senate. Um, also, uh, been uh, bestowed a, a, a great honor being one of uh, Governor Kemp's floor leaders. I'm excited to champion his agenda you know, in, in regards to dealing with health care and education, uh, public safety, and, uh, and helping small businesses. Great. great.
2: Well, you know, for me, one of the most exciting things about this is coming in as we start this next decade and we try to figure out what's Georgia going to look like in 10 years. And for me, I get to be one person, one part of that, and I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to make sure that I'm spending each and every day working to figure out a way what we can do to make, you know, your lives more free and better than they were the day before. And obviously the decade before, and we've got a a huge task because we have had a great decade. Um, You know, it's especially coming out after the, the recession that Clint talked about and that I experienced as a community banker, those were some rough times and I saw a lot of good people get hurt. And right now I'm seeing some of the same things through the pandemic and I want to be a part of the solutions and just solve problems. That's, that's my goal and it's, it's not big, it's not grand, but that's what I hope to do and block and tackle every day toward that end. Well,
0: Representative Wade, Senator Dixon, we certainly appreciate you being with us this morning. We appreciate the sacri- and understand the sacrifice that it takes uh, to serve um, in this in this role, so we uh, appreciate it. Look forward to our working relationship, and uh, let's everybody join us in thanking the uh, senator and representative this morning.
2: Thanks.